You're listening to Paco Radio, brought to you by Senol on FNR, Football Nation Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Paco Radio here on FNR Football Nation Radio, brought to you by Senol. My name is Nick Dubano, and we're back for another edition this week, right into Season 2 here on FNR. And today we're going back to the senior men's side. We've brought two new fresh faces into the... Well, one fresh face back to Pasco Val, and obviously, as well, Johnny, who's been here for quite some some time. So, Nick Georgopoulos joining us here today, and as well, Jonathan Vakertz's guys, welcome aboard. Great to have you in tonight. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Good to be here. Well, we spoke about a little bit off air about the win on the weekend. Good to get back to winning ways. Obviously, some tough results the last few weeks, but going to Werribee, a tough place to go, a team that you know needed results at this point in the season. I guess, um, how did you guys see the performance on the weekend? Um, yeah, well, like I guess we, we, we started off a bit slow. Um, kind of took us a while to get things going, but we copped an unlucky goal off a corner, off a free kick, I thought, and... Um, at halftime, you know, we were still pretty confident we could we could get a result and we just tweaked a few things and then, yeah, we came out really strong in the second half. Uh, had some good support from the boys coming on, like Nicky, and, um, yeah, we just, I guess, ran away with the game. So, yeah, a bit of a, bit of a relief to, to, to come back from 1-0 down um, and, yeah, good, good to get back on the, um, the win list. It's been probably, I think, three weeks there where we, we struggled but we're still playing good football, so... Yeah, it was a good feeling after the game. And Nick, for yourself, first game back, coming off the bench, I guess, how was it to, to make the return to Pasco Vale? And just take us through the emotions of coming back uh, right. this time around. It was around. good. Um, it was my second, so I played my first yeah. game against... Uh, was it, uh, what's it, team we were Manningham. Playing? Manningham. Um, and then that was my first game back at CB Smith. Yeah. So it was especially nice there, being back um, <clears throat> at the home ground uh, with all the boys. But uh, to get the first win back with Paco and to sing the song that... Uh, I was once singing was it was a good feeling and um, especially just have all the boys behind the back and it's been really good so far. So yeah, so I guess take us through the last few weeks because you guys were right. You know, you're still in the promotion race right now, but it is there is a bit of a gap that's formed with Moreland City over the past couple of weeks with those drop points. I guess take us in to the camp over the last few weeks and the importance of just getting that win, just get a bit of confidence going into these next few weeks. Um, just how important was it, and especially in a way of coming from behind at a tough place to go to like Werribee? Yeah, well, like I guess we, we always were pretty aware that there were going to be a lot of teams competing for that sort of second, third spot and pushing for promotion. And um, I guess I think it was probably the, the Brunswick game or maybe it was the one before that where we might have lost. Um, like we're still playing really good football. I think there were just a couple of things didn't go our way that day against Brunswick. Um Ended up one one, and then again last week was just a bit bit disappointing. Probably the worst we've played. Um, I guess we're kind of in that period now where the where the transfer window opens, and like a lot of teams really really make that extra push for promotion. So um, we had a bit. I guess we were a bit bit disjointed during the few weeks. I, I was sick out one week and had a couple red cards, which were disappointing. So we, we've kind of been a bit unsettled in terms of the changes made. Um, and that's where I think we've made a couple of signings that can probably really support us. And we're still we're still very confident with the players we have in our team. Um, and I guess with some of those signings now, I think we're, we're looking really strong to, to close out the season and hopefully get you know maximum points. Yeah, no, for sure. And I guess take us into sort of what it was like at halftime. I mean, one nil down. 
you know, you're playing against a team that, you know, ostensibly this season they've really struggled, but they had that win against Kingston. They were buoyant going into that game, got the early goal. What was Alex's message at that point? Because obviously you're down, you need to try to find a way back into the game. What was sort of his message was just to keep calm and, you know, just go through with the processes? Like what was what was going on there? Yeah, I think I think he look he acknowledged that we probably started a bit slow, um, but we definitely weren't out of the game even though we we're one nil down. I think he was he was very firm in his point that a goal was coming um, and that if we get one, we'll, we'll score and hopefully score multiple times. So it was really good just, I guess, that confidence. And even though we're one nil down, I think we were all very, very focused mm. on, you know, the fact that we, we'd come out in the second half and be a bit stronger, a bit firmer. And I think we were there were just a couple minor tactical tweaks that we made in terms of going forward, how, how we wanted to try and set up, how we tried to score our goals. Um, and then, yeah basically happened straight away i think we got one and then the second one came straight after so i guess it was more so just the, the having confidence trusting and believing in each other in the way that we we're playing because we, we could see it was working um but it was just a matter of patience i think yeah. so yeah no it was it was very well spoken at halftime i thought from alex and yeah, I guess it paid off. Yeah, just one question I, I have because we speak about this among sort of, you know, us, you know, we when we cover the MPL, we, we, we chat about this, about how MPL 2 is such a tough league. And obviously, you know, despite the, the, the gap between, say, GV Suns and, say, you guys or even with North Geelong Warriors and every game always feels that tough and there's always that chaos. And you guys have both played MPL 1 and MPL 2. Is there like what's the difference? Do you feel like there's a bit more of a difference in terms of the competitive nature of MPL two compared to MPL one? Like, do you, is there a noticeable difference? Like when you guys have stepped foot into MPL two compared to those meetings when you've been the top tier? What do you reckon? <laughs> um, I think the promotion and relegation system that MPL two has um, sort of creates that bit of extra emphasis uh, emphasis on. Um, every game is super important. It's not to say that MPL one people uh, teams are everything in that a game isn't important. But <clears throat> I think that some teams in MPL one can sort of get caught in that sort of mid drift where like, maybe their game might not be um, as crucial or something like that. Um, so I think in MPL two where there's two there's teams that can be promoted at the top and then teams that can get relegated at the bottom, um, it really just creates a very interesting game. No matter where you're going, whether you're playing yeah. Werribee um, away or you're playing Werribee at home or you're playing a top side like North Geelong, I think no matter where you're going to go, you know, you're going to get a good game. Yeah, no, for sure. And playing a side like Werribee, like a desperate side like that, um, is there a noticeable difference at this point of the season as well when you're playing a team like a desperate side like Werribee where every point they need to get on the board as well, you guys being desperate as well, going for promotion, but when they're sort of fighting for their lives, did you guys, did you guys notice that early in the game on Saturday? I think particularly last week when we versed Manningham. Yeah. Um, after the game, they were absolutely livid. So they were celebrating, they were... Um, almost like they'd won the World Cup sort of thing. And, mm. and that just really showed, um, being my first game back, like, yeah, like, there's a lot of clubs here, um, you know, where these games are very, very important because that then put them three points ahead of the relegation. Um, and you can just tell how um, important these these games are just to every single club because those three points when the, when the league is so uh, tight just means so much. So Yeah. Yeah, I think especially with, um, like, uh, uh, us in particular, I think, like, We've kind of become branded and got that reputation where we, we've, we're a very good ball-playing team. So I think teams kind of acknowledge that if they're going to compete with us, it's about matching the intensity and, and really coming to games with that sort of fierce, competitive nature. So, yeah, like Nikki said, last week was, was just a, a battle almost. Um, and same as, same as on the weekend, I think they knew that if they were really going to compete, they were going to get in our faces, be physical, 
um, and try and try and compete for the ninety minutes. So I, I think it's maybe just a, a Pascal Val thing as well. But um, yeah, definitely, definitely can notice that from from some yeah. of the teams in those positions. Yeah, each week. Yeah, it's funny because a lot of the the senior players we've spoken to here said the same thing. Like when teams play against you guys, knowing that Pasco Valor are a big club, like they they almost rise to that occasion, like coming up against a, a side like you know you guys. And one thing as well I have noticed this year is, and this was a big result for you guys in more way than one that. On the road this year, results haven't been easy for you guys. There's been a t- few tough road trips. You haven't been able to save the best f- form on the road compared to at home. Was that something spoken about, you know, after the game that you finally got one off the back on the road, especially at a place like Werribee? I don't, I don't really think we've we've discussed it, but it's funny. Like uh, I think I was looking at the the ladder one night after after training, and a few of the boys mentioned we had like one of the best home records in the mm. league, and I thought, oh. It's a, bit, it's a bit strange. Like, never really – like, I don't analyse each week yeah. and say, oh, hey, like, geez, we played good at home. Um, but, yeah, I guess definitely in retrospect, we've, we've probably we've probably lost a few away games and it and, and might be that, you know, surroundings, whatever, fans, crowd, different pitches mm-hmm. that we may have struggled with. So, I mean, it, it is in the back of my mind, but yeah. I, I don't really think it's something we, we discuss, no. Yeah, because obviously with some of the pitches, it's it's no secret that, you know, especially when you go to a place like Lang Warren or you go somewhere else, like the dimensions and the pitch and everything else, very different to playing at CB Smith as well. Like it's in the, the, the sort of the psyche of a player, when you go out to a pitch like that, is that something that, that weighs on you guys? Like when you go out, say, to a, a pitch where it's torn up a little bit more, I've seen at this point in the season now as it's winter, you know, pitches aren't in the pristine condition they were earlier in the year. Is that something you guys pick up on like quite early in a game as well? Yeah, I think it's definitely a mental note straight away as soon as you come on the pitch of maybe if the pitch is a bit bigger oh, I can play these balls in behind or if the pitch is you know very chopped up which a lot of them are these days um, maybe I am taking that extra touch or I'm trying to get a bit extra space so I can have that extra yeah touch. sure so it's definitely a mental note that you're um, having as soon as you're on that ground so even when before the game starts you're going see how the ground is whether you're wearing medals or molds um, like it comes down just to that because um, a lot of the games now if you're wearing a pair of molds you slip over whatever it is like can cost you, cost you a goal, whatever it is. So um, it's definitely a mental note that I think the team will have and as an individual yourself, that you'll definitely take a mental note, yeah. Yeah, I, I think like as a team, we kind of still persist on trying to play regardless of what sort of pitch we're on. Um, personally, as a defender, like like Nicky said, I think it's pretty important to have a look at your surroundings, where you are. I guess for def- sometimes for a defender, if, you know, if I see it's going to be muddy or it's going to be difficult... To control the ball, it, it might play into my hands a bit because mm-hmm. I can get a bit tighter on my player. Um, but yeah, some some of the pitches in MPL two have been pretty difficult to play on. Um, and yeah, I guess maybe that plays against our sort of playing style and trying to trying to keep the ball. It might not work as well when we're away from home with with some of the grounds. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Well, Nick, I mean, take us through. I mean, there you're back. Obviously, Pasco Val. Obviously, you know, Green Gully earlier this season and and making the return back. I guess take us through that sort of situation and how it sort of came to be. Um, you know, obviously being in a team like Green Gully competing for finals this season, MPL one, round of thirty two of the Australia Cup, you know, big side, like sort of what was the decision making behind coming back? Yeah. Um, like I enjoyed my time at Green Gully. I have nothing but good things to say about them. Um I just found myself getting into a position where I wasn't getting the amount of game time um that I thought that I needed for myself as a footballer. Um especially coming out of COVID the last two years, I've already had such limited game time. Mm. And I think at the age that I am, um, game time is just very, very important as to me um, for how to improve as a player. So I just sort of found myself um, 
not getting the game time that I thought I needed to be able to progress. Um, and Pasco Vale, look, coming from Pasco Vale, it's always been, um, you know, in the back of my head of uh, if I wanted to move that I would be able to come here. I know some people still there. Um, for instance, the assistant coach, Oliver Stankowski, um, he used to coach me in under-18s. Sure, So yeah. um, I definitely, you know, I obviously have people there that I know and I trust. Um, and I just think for a mid-season uh, transfer where um, I'm able to go to an environment where I'm, I know I know people, like, for instance, Johnny, I played with him when I was there before. Um, I'm just, I'd be a lot easier for of a transition to come in and play um, compared to if I was to pick elsewhere where it would be a, you know, a bit of a harder transition, new environment, having to prove myself where, not that I don't have to prove myself here, but people know what they're getting. They've, um, they've worked with me before. Um, and so I just thought for that instance of a quick transition mid-season um, was the best uh, decision for my end. Yeah, no, sure. And I mean, you know, obviously as well, you mentioned people you trust at the club. Your dad's the under-20s coach as well. Like, I guess, did that help in sort of decision? Did he have a chat to you about potentially, you know, did you go to him to maybe ask for some advice in that instance as well? Yeah, look, dad's um, always, um, you know, had a, not had a say, but he's always guided me with my football career. Um, and I respect uh, his decisions on what he thinks. So, yeah, he definitely had a, a say, but at the end of the day, it still came down to me what yeah, I thought sure. was best. Um, he always says, you know, whatever I think and whatever I want to do is, you know, at the end of the day, it comes down to me. Um, but, yeah, he definitely had a say and he said why he thought uh, certain things would be a positive for me um, and, you know, sort of broke it down. But I think by the end of it, we both agreed that Pascoval was a, a good move for me. Yeah, and obviously the both of you are, you know, relatively young players and you've you've had two very disrupted years going into this year, obviously, with 2020, no football, 2021, a handful of games, you know, stop-start nature, game one week, you don't know if you're playing the next sort of thing. Um, just, we, we, we speak about this with everyone, but how good is it just to be able to play every week, not knowing, like actually knowing, okay, we're going to get a game this week, like, you know, we're able to get a full season in, just for yourselves personally, but as well for your developments as players too. Yeah, well, like, it, it, I guess, yeah, the, the, the last two years were, were pretty difficult, especially that first one. I mean, pre-season, there was no contact, and then we came back with the thought of this half two month season happening and basically just did pre-season for no reason um so that one was was really difficult and um yeah I guess even from like a personal level it's just been good to kind of not miss any games not be injured and mm. I think what are we like 12 12 weeks now um yeah I'd, it's crazy to think I haven't been able to play 12 games of football in a row for three years now yeah so. Um, yeah, every, every week's been really enjoyable. I think from the second Alex came in, it's been been really positive, and and yeah, it's good to be back. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And for yourself, Nick, just getting games in this year, and uh, as well, like just playing every week, and you know, in that in that instance, what have, how, how have you found this last sure. week? Yeah. Um, you know, being used to playing games week in week out, you don't sort of realise. Um, you sort of start to take it for granted until all those normalities are just taken away from you. So um, during the two years of stop start and you know not playing football really made me realize like damn like I really do love this and like this is what I want to be doing um because um just when it was stripped away from you you, you just had nothing to do you're thinking you know that I just want to be back on the ground so being able to just play be back and playing weeks and um now back being back at Pasco Vale and um, getting more minutes and just being on the ground um I just seem to be enjoying myself the longer I'm on the ground yeah. the more I'm enjoying myself so it's good does it? How did it weigh on you guys mentally? Like it's such a big thing, you know, football. Just not in terms of just playing it, but is that just sort of thing you look forward to every weekend? And I think as well from a fan point of view, from to a player to whoever's involved in the club that was taken away from them, 
how did you guys cope with that? Like, did you, of course, it almost seems like a silly question to ask if you found it hard, but how did you guys, I guess, deal with those sort of situations? Yeah, well, um, I think the good thing with, the, I guess, the first year of lockdown was we, 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 we were kind of still pretty, even though we were fairly aware that nothing was going to be happening with the season, we still kind of persisted in the fact that we would keep doing our, our, our training sessions, we'd be running, and I think um, as a credit to Chicky at the time, who was mm. the coach and our fitness coach, we were all, you know, assigned like running programs, things like that, and and we made sure everyone was kept accountable with that stuff. So, I mean, it did. It, it was tough not like being able to train with everyone and and that sort of stuff, but it didn't feel, I guess, as distant from the team. Sure. Like, uh, like even at, at stages, it would go for a kick here and there with a few of the boys or a run, and we we're still always kind of in contact. So, although we didn't get the opportunity to train together, um, we, we still made an effort to, you know, make sure like football was some somehow involved in our lives um and in retrospect i think it would have been a re- really tough time if, if you know if, even if we weren't doing that those mm. small things because they were like some of the highlights of my time during sure. during the COVID time so yeah for yourself nick i think it was just a good way to sort of have a, a somewhat of a normal life playing football um if it was just going to the park with a couple of friends getting as close as possible um of to having a normality normal life um and just kept me busy, you know. I mean, it was so hard just to keep busy during mm. those times, just to be able to have my mind on something, my mind taken away from the pandemic of staying home, being bored. Um, and I think it also gave a lot of period of time to be able to work on specific things where if you were playing the season week in, week out, you wouldn't have been able to do that. Mm. So I think it was a good um, advantage in that sense. So for some players, I know they would have taken advantage of that and others, uh, others not. So <clears throat> I made sure... During that spare time, like if I'm going to be doing nothing anyways, maybe doing something productive and that's going to help me out. So it was good. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, guys, one thing we also speak about a lot in this show is obviously just playing careers. Like how you guys have obviously had, you know, quite extensive playing careers, especially for yourself, Johnny. Like was told beforehand, you featured for this country. I mean, you've played yeah. for at, 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 the, at a youth level for Australia. And I want to get to know a little bit about that sort of environment, a little bit about, you know, that, that experience. So I guess take us through it. I mean, under 17 Australia side off to the World Cup. How was all that? Yeah, yeah, no, it was, it was awesome. Um, I guess I kind of missed out on some of the junior state teams growing up, but then I think I made the NTC at the time when I was at like 15, 16. Yeah. Um, and had like grown up playing midfield and um, basically everyone was a superstar midfielder at that time. Sure. And I looked around at the other midfielders and I thought, I'm, like, these kids are probably better than me. And um, I guess it was that year I moved into right back. Um, and still, again, like it was at a time where it was all about like playing football mm. and curriculum and stuff. So I was getting forward and, and I could defend a bit. So I guess it kind of played to my advantage and really improved within the space of a year, year and a half. Um, and that was when I was kind of on the radar for, for the national team. And it was at that time we all, a few of us went to the Victory Youth team as well. Um, and then I guess they they were happy with how I was going and just consistently was making all the camps, making all the teams. And then, yeah, got selected for the, the under-17s Joeys for the, the World Cup. Um, wasn't involved in any of the qualifications, just kind of, I guess, peaked at the right time. Yeah, sure. And... and um, <laughs> Yeah, I was playing playing really well at the time. Yeah. I thought, um, and yeah, I played every minute at the World Cup, and yeah, it was it was amazing. Like at that time, there were there were kind of kids at that age who were signing like professional contracts with EPL teams and these mm. teams, and some of them have gone on to you know do amazing things. So 
even the even just to play with some of the boys in that team um there are some some quality kids and yeah coaching staff were all you know either ex-socceroos or really you know famous footballers so yeah it was it was amazing um even the fact that i just got to get away from school yeah, for sure. a few months <laughs> and you know travel with my mates yeah. um yeah and no, i look very very uh look back with very fond memories and yeah it was, it was very lucky to be a part of what was it like going from not being involved in qualification to getting the phone call being told you're gone like you know did, like it did did you expect it did you did, could you see it coming like had you had conversations no nah, well like even when we even when we um made like the state team um everyone was kind of aware of all these you know kids who were playing like Hazani for instance yeah sure we all knew like who these players were and was a bit intimidating, like competing against them, and, and at first, like they were all the ones that were getting the AIS scholarship. So we kind of looked at that and thought, like, oh, well, like these these kids are pretty good. But then um, I think what what kind of reassured me was when Victory came and picked us all up and basically threw us straight into the youth setup. And again, I was straight away playing games with like. Tommy Dang, Jesse Macaroonis would drop down here and then the boot would come play with this us. This is in the NPL, yeah. This was yeah. NYL at yeah. the time, yeah. So I guess that that was when I thought, oh, wow, like, like they've got these guys on my team, you know, I'm playing minutes. I think maybe I'm maybe I'm a chance here. Um, and we also would play against the OES in that league and we ended up beating them and I had a, had a pretty good game at the time. And I think it was around then I thought, oh, like, you know, I should really, you know, push hard for this and – um, from then on, we were invited to all the camps, and yeah, I guess I was getting really good feedback from the coaches. I think the players would say good things about me, and I felt felt confident being out there. So, I guess there was, there was no stage. The, the early days definitely, I had my doubts, but I think I kind of just grew into it. And playing in a new position as well was probably part partly the mm. reason. Um, but yeah, I guess my confidence just just grew as as the time went on. Yeah, well, in terms of your experience as well at Melbourne Victory, I mean, you were there obviously with a lot of players now, as you mentioned, who have gone on to, to, to make it professionally and everything like that. I guess take us through that experience playing at that point because if my memory serves me correct as well, from an NPL point of view, Victory got to the top tier. I think it might have been around that point as well. Were you involved in that team too? Yeah, so I, I was kind of on the fringe um, of that NPL senior team. Yeah. Um, and again... I'd heard about a few of the boys who had been playing NPL at the time, and a lot of them were, you know, 17, 18, and they were team of the, team of the year NPL. And yeah. So, like, coming in and just training and being a part of that team, like, it was it was pretty pretty incredible. And, again, a lot of those boys have gone on to do great things yeah. and were all very good footballers. And um, I guess that, that was a great sort of learning year because it, it also kind of taught me about the, the NPL and, and I guess how – serious senior football is right yeah um it's easy to just think a league a league but um some of the some of the experiences throughout that year and that that competition was was extremely fierce and that we ended up you know getting promotion through the playoffs mm. and i was lucky to sit on the bench for, for, for the second game against north geelong and here we are like at a neutral ground and north geelong had driven you know busfuls of people <laughs> yeah. up to uh, <laughs> And there was yeah, it was just I guess a good good year and learn a lot about senior football and yeah how I guess you know NPL like what the standards like and yeah no it was it was very impressive. Just one more on that: when you're playing for victories, a youth play in the NPL and you're playing against grown men, 
is that something that gets spoken about in the picture there? Little sledges, is you do you feel like there's a little bit more spice in it because they're coming up against these guys, think, you know, who are these hot shots? You know, you see in MPL three as well, like watching Preston play Melbourne Victory on the weekend, you see a bit of extra physicality in there and everything. Did, did you used to feel that as well when you came up against these guys? Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I think everyone knows that these the youth teams are going to just really try outplay teams. Yeah, sure. Um, and the best way to combat that is really to, you know, try and get physical and try and body <laughs> these kids. And um, I think the, the first, that year that we ended up getting promoted to MPL, we had a lot of the older boys leave, so... You know, I think we were, might have been 17, 18 at the time. Yeah. And I'm looking around at the, these guys are like 30, <laughs> trying to compete against them. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty short. I'm not tall. And I ended up playing centre back for half the year. And, like, just some of the, some of the quality in these mm. players was, was, was really difficult to defend. And, yeah, we had a really tough year that year that um, we got relegated with all those changes. Um, sledging, not, like, not so much, I don't think. But I definitely, th- like, I know for sure, like, teams were, you know, pencil that game out. And yeah, say, we're going to really try like bully these sure. kids, right? Um, and you know, honestly, when if, if I was in that position, I'd probably do the same thing. <laughs> yeah, there were times where like what we did at Victory Youth was like really good, and we you know played some great football past these teams, and then other times like the yeah, the, I guess the contest was just too much for us. Yeah, for sure. Well, maybe next year you might be coming up against a few of them, so maybe keep that one in the back of your head. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's coming up. So yeah, well, we played Melbourne City in a in a practice match, and I. Oh, I was watching from the sidelines the whole time, and I thought, like, wow, these like these kids can like really yeah. play the ball, like their their quality. Um, and I guess our our, our game plan was to to match their intensity and press, sure. um, which we've been doing all year, and and it kind of you know had its moments, bit of tug of war, but yeah, no, it's yeah. it it's good. And for yourself, Nick, I mean, rising star winner a few years ago as well. You've one of the still one of the, the the bright young talents in in this state. I guess take us through the emotions of winning that award, and you know what that meant to you at that time as well. Um, it was an amazing, amazing night, and amazing winning that award. Um, I got invited to the night, and I sort of hadn't pieced it together yet. I thought, you know, maybe I'm a chance here, um, <clears throat> but to when my name actually got called out and to get that recognition. Um, from a league level, not just from a club level, um, it was really um, it was a really proud moment for myself. So it was it was good because really it's just like it's not uh, because it's through the whole season. It's just you know a lot of multiple games of playing well and um, you know got a couple goals, whatever it was. And um, I think being as young as I was mm-hmm. and looking so young, you sort of get that extra bit of attention. Yeah. It's like, oh, how old's this kid? Yeah. Um, so I think that also helped as well. But to get that uh, league recognition, it was, it was a really proud moment for myself. And um, I think it definitely helped me uh, for the instance for the next year. I had Green Gully obviously come and um, offer me a contract, and that's where I went the year after. Um, so I think it really gave me that recognition that definitely helped me with my football career as well. So When you were in that season, did you feel like just things were just ticking over one thing after another as a young player playing against, as we spoke about, grown men? But obviously, you know, things were just working so well for you. Like what? What was take us through that season? I guess did you feel as if that that you just getting more and more of a confidence with each passing game and everything like that? Yeah, well, I think my confidence was just at a really big high, and I had a really good team behind me with the yeah. boys. Um, they were really good that year, but um, I, it was just it was just game after game, and like I know my first game was against Avondale, and they were the top of the ladder at that point. I'm pretty sure, um, and I got assist to Davy Van Ship when he scored. Yeah. And I just had a really good game. And I think I didn't really know anyone um, in the league or anything really about the league, like specific players sort of thing. And I think that really helped because even if I was matching up against, you know, someone who's well-known in the league, I didn't really know who they were and I was just playing my game. So um, I think it really helped. 
I just sort of took it game by game and, you know, I was playing good here and I was playing good there and then it just sort of got to a point where, um, <clears throat> like, that I thought, like, you know, this is where I should be playing, this is the league I should be playing in and then when you sort of uh, get that high in confidence, it just really helps and really was able to reflect in my game, yeah. um, <clears throat> you know, scoring a goal, whatever it was. So once I got a couple games under my belt and gained that confidence, then it just really started ticking over and going and going and going. So it was good. Yeah, and playing against Avondale, I mean, that's no bigger stage to debut against. You're playing against a team that, you know, notoriously one of the best in Victoria. I guess, you know, playing in that game, take us through that because you're playing against guys as well, seasoned bodies, guys who have been there and done that. You know, they're not afraid to, you know, not even get a foot in, but afraid to, you know, give it out a little bit as well with some of the... With, with, we hear it all the time whenever they're playing. Like they like to get involved mentally with sort of their mind games and stuff. How did you, I guess, you know, go with that sort of occasion against them? Yeah, I think um, being a smaller player my whole life, I've sort of been used to um, copying that extra sort of physical contact um, because I am because I am good technically. They like Johnny was saying before the way to combat that is through phys- uh, physicality. So I just knew, you know, at first time, uh, first couple of times I received the ball, I thought, yep, yeah, receive the ball, play it nice and short, nice and simple. And then just sort of worked myself into the game. So I knew they were always going to sort of have that physical uh, side on me. Um, so it's just more that instance of taking that one less touch or whatever it was. And like I said, I had the boys behind me, especially Davey Van Schip. Um, he was really good that year because he played mm. striker and I played as a 10. So he was really able to say, here, Nicky, like this is where you need to be or this is what you need to be doing. Um, and he was just very, very good player to be linking up with as well. Sure. Um, and so I sort of got that assist early on. That was the first goal that we scored. Um, and I think that was really the big confidence boost that I needed uh, for the rest of the game because once I got that, then I'm like, well, you know, if I can do that, then I can do these other things. Mm. It really made me not um, afraid to go and you know try and take on a player or have a shot from outside the box. Um, remember, I had a header and the keeper saved it, but so I almost scored a head and I was you know pretty pleased myself with that as well. But um, it would have been better if I went in, but, you know, it's what it, it happens. Is, so, yeah. Yeah. Well, you both played with Davey. I mean, there's no secret he's one of the best strikers to probably play for Pasco Val, one of the best to even feature in NPL Victoria. I guess, you know, coming from such, obviously, with his dad being a coach at Melbourne City and coaching as well overseas, I guess, what did you guys learn? You mentioned as well playing alongside him in a more closer aspect, but you playing just alongside him in general. What did you guys pick up with playing alongside Davey throughout his time at the club? Yeah, oh, he, was, he was incredible. And I guess I'd kind of heard his reputation before I came to Paco and it was the year we played NPL at Victory. So I was well aware of mm. who he was and, yeah, I guess he was one of the best players in the league. But definitely coming to, to Paco the year after um, and seeing it firsthand was, was, was pretty amazing. I think it was more the fact that um, he had been through, like, a lot in terms of his injuries. Mm. He was always kind of carrying, you know, really bad knee injury, um, a really bad knee injury. And... To the point where, like, he could could almost like not not be training and would come to a game on the yeah. weekend and would dominate. And it's yeah. just like, man, it looks like he's about <laughs> to break down any minute. Yeah, he shouldn't be playing, but he would pr- honestly probably carry Pasco Vale at yeah. times. Um, and I guess Paco, but even before I came, kind of mastered um, playing through him and, and how they were going to do it. Um, so everyone knew like you could feed it into him. However pass him the ball however you know whatever height where it's coming he'll mm. be able to lock it in take on any center back and yeah. we'd have you know good players around him just kind of bouncing off him like kind of what Nicky said playing as a 10 um so yeah definitely incredible watching it first yeah. hand and probably I joked that you know half of my paychecks are probably <laughs> due to Davey Van Schip when he yeah. comes off his own boots so um yeah no he was he was quality 
Yeah, and for yourself, just from a playing point of view, you mentioned that first game, but you had a whole season really playing alongside him, like right next to him, you know, playing as a 10. You know, what, what sort of lessons did you pick up along the way? Um, just sort of where to position myself, um, knowing I have a striker who wants to receive the ball. Yeah. So if he wanted to receive the ball off a centre-back, where am I positioning myself so I can then receive it off of him? Knowing that the play was going to be going through him, um, <clears throat> I knew if I positioned myself closely enough to him or in a spot where he can play me, well, then I'm going to receive the ball because I know the ball's going to come to him. Um, so it was really good with that. And I think um, another reason that year why I sort of was getting picked so often and, and uh, getting game time was because, like Johnny said, he was sort of was carrying injuries and at times maybe he wasn't able to, you know, go and press here or press there. Maybe he had to conserve himself of that a little bit more. Um, and being, you know, like a young, um, fitter player, I was able just to go and, you know, run here and run there and whatever it was. And so it was also good in the sense of, it was able to direct me in the sense of, you know, this is where I need you to be or this is where I don't need you to be. Um, so it was good. Uh, it was a really good learning curve for me. I was able to pick up a lot of um, key um, things, more about positioning, but just even in general, really, just with a lot of things. Even just watching him in training sometimes, mm. he's putting the ball in the top corner and you're like, oh, well, like that's how you have to hit a ball. You yeah. know what I mean? So <laughs> um, you definitely pick up a lot of things, just training with him, playing with him. Even off the pitch, he was just a good character to have, good culture. It, it was really good to have yeah. club. He was good. Well, Johnny, I mean, you were part of a very successful Paco team, finals in MPL 1, and then there was obviously the disappointment of 2019, and you got relegated, and then obviously two disrupted seasons down in the midst of promotion. But what was that like, that, that switch from 2018 to 2019? Because going from a team that was right up there to, to battling relegation, like, in the minds of the players, we spoke to Adrian Tallarico and Joseph Yusuf about and just said, like, how did this happen? Like, you know, just... It just happened out of nowhere. Like, did you notice sort of the same thing as well or, like, throughout what was a really tough season? Yeah, yeah. Like, I think, I guess, probably one of the main contributors was not having Davey for, like, a yeah. few of those games. Um, and, yeah, I think, I guess the first couple of weeks, I just, just remember, like, things just weren't going our way and that kind of set the tone that we, we put ourselves under a lot more pressure. The fact that, you know, we, we hadn't gone the first couple of games without scoring, without getting points. Um so I think that kind of probably pushed us a bit further down into the mm. hole we were in. And, yeah, we just, like, str- struggled to snap out of it. We were getting, like, a lot of key players, like, weren't on the field. Um, we were very young and experienced. And then I guess by the time we had the coaching change and all the player changes, we were kind of in a really difficult position where we were trying to get ourselves back afloat with, you know, wholesale changes. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it almost worked. There were a few few games in there that, like, just crazy that things didn't mm. go our way. There was one in particular where um, I think we lost to Danny Thunder away. I, I wasn't playing. I was away. But um, I, I can't really make comment on the referee. No, but. no, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I don't but. know if I'm going to find on you. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> no, it's fine. There was there was all sorts of stuff that happened in that game. And that, yeah. that, at, that pay, at that stage after that game, it was just like, oh, like it's, just, it's not our year. Like, yeah. This is just not going our way. Um, and... Although we, you know, we did some really good things with the team at the time, and we're, we're pushing teams, we just, yeah, had too much. I think too much work to do um, at that stage, and yeah, it was a bit, a bit unfortunate. Yeah, well, obviously, when you're in the midst of a relegation battle, like you know, how, what, how does it feel? Like you know, because it, it, it would be tough, like losing more regularly than winning, and you know, you, you you're looking at the table and you're noticing that it is slipping away. Like you know, going into every game with just it becomes desperate. Like what what was that like? In that period, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I only played the first half of the year and a couple of the games at the end, but 
Um, like you said, when I first came to Paco, everything was kind of going our way. We're winning games and everyone was, you know, mm. very happy, very joyful. But then, yeah, things like did turn real quickly um, at the start of the next year. And, yeah, it just, it just became, I guess, sort of a bit hostile in the sense that, like, everyone felt the pressure and it was kind of, you know, everyone's job was on the line. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I guess it just became a bit unproductive and, and, and everyone knew, you know, whether we were conceding goals or weren't scoring, like some someone, it was someone's fault, um, and you know, everyone felt to blame. But um, I guess everyone was kind of looking for you know what was wrong, um, and then yeah, there probably were a few things going wrong at the time. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, I want to ask you both about just your experiences at Pasco Vale in general, because I mean, you both spent quite a while at Pasco Vale. I guess take us through, I guess how you. Came to the club in the first place. I mean, you just your journey as well at, at the club and your experiences. I guess, Nick, start with yourself. I mean, take us through first stint and obviously spoke the second part, but we'll speak at the first part. I mean, how did it come to be for you to end up at Pascoe Vale? Yeah. Well, um, I joined Pascoe Vale in under-15s. Um, my dad coached me that year, so um, I think we came second or third that year. Um, but the, the year before, they'd finished quite lower in the league. Um, where, so it was, a good, it was a good jump up. Um, so I played under-15s and then 16s again. I played with my dad and then we won that year. Uh, so that was a good year for us. Um, and then under-18s, um, I had Oliver Stankowski, who he yep. came in and coached us as well. Um, and he, uh, we also won the league that year as well. So under-18s was probably my biggest breakout year. Mm-hmm. I think that's sort of when my body began to grow um, and it, was, it became less of a thing of, oh, like, not everyone is, is as quick now and, like, my body's, um, you know, even it's a level playing field more. And now when your technical ability... Um, is really what starts to show. So I think that was definitely my biggest breakout year and we won the league that year and it was a really fun, very, very good year that was. Um, and then I sort of skipped from, I didn't really play, I didn't play any under-20s games. Yeah. Even in under-18s, I sort of struggled to um, even train with the 20s at times and I sort of f- felt myself thinking like, you know, maybe I should be there training, um, but I wasn't. But, you know, I kept at it, whatever it was. So um, then the next year, uh, I think the seniors just needed a couple of players. They had a couple injuries. I remember we versed um, Oakley in a practice game and I just scored a really, really nice goal. And at the end of the day, like for a debut and like, that's just all you, all you really need. Yeah. You know? I mean, like that's a big um, thing. Everyone's thinking, oh, like if he can do that, well then, you know, he can perform, um, especially Oakley being a prestigious club and like a good club as well. So that was definitely, you know, a bit of luck, but also, you know, like well done to myself as well. Um, I think scoring that, everyone sort of thought, yeah, well, this is, you know, we should need to get him in. And then, from there, I just kept on training, and then like I was a bit lucky in the sense of you know a couple of players had injuries, um, and like things just sort of worked out where um, you know I, I was getting the minutes, and when I got those minutes, like I said in Avondale in the um, yeah in my first game, I played well, and it just went from there. So after that, it was just game after game, and um, yeah, like I said, it was just it was a good experience overall. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I really enjoyed my um, time at Pasco Val, and I thought that's why is it a good uh, a good reason for me to come back and. Um, you know, finish what I started sort of thing. So Yeah. Well, what, what drew you to Pasco Val in the first place? Like when you came in under 15s, you know, where were you prior to that? Like was there sort of a, a, just that you needed a change of scenery? What, what was sort of the driving force behind yeah. coming well, at that under, time? Under 14s, I was at Hume City. Yeah. Um, I felt like Hume City sort of didn't reflect um, how I play my football in the sense of ball on the ground, a bit more technically playing out, where I think um, at my time at Hume that one year, um, I was with quicker, stronger boys, and we won that. We won the year that league as well. Um, but I think there was a lot. It was balls over the top, a bit more, and it didn't really reflect where I needed to, how I wanted to play my mm. football. Um, so I had, I knew people at Pasco Vale. Um, 
I had thought previously about going there the year before. So I'd already trialled there. I already knew like that could be an option for myself. So um, I think the biggest thing we knew from under 14s, under 15s, that um, my dad was happy to come in and coach me. So it was also it was also a thing of a club that wanted to have him come in and um, bring a couple of players in as well. I remember from in our under 15 team, I think we had five or six new players. Um, so it was just I had family there. It was always an option, and Pascoe was just a really good um, family orientated club. And even when I was there trialing, I always felt like very respected, very wanted. Um, and it's just yeah, in that sense, it's just a very very good club to play for. So awesome, awesome. And yourself, Johnny, when you came over to Pascoe Vale, I guess what was how did that all come to be after your stay at Melbourne Victory? Yeah, well, I guess I was kind of kind of getting to the age where I was probably one of the older youth boys. Kind of felt like I was more sticking around in the youth team because I was the experienced one. Mm. It was kind of, you know, almost coaching the younger kids up. Um, could kind of tell I wasn't really involved in the in the senior setup. So, you know, I sat down with, with the youth coaches at the time, kind of explained what was going on, kind of made the, you know, the realisation that I probably needed to focus on some, you know, life outside of football and, and had some things I wanted to pursue. So made the, made the call to move to NPL in the mid-year. Um and I guess the main drawing factor to, to Pascoe Vale was the fact that I knew a few people at the club, had kind of met Vitali at the time if, a few times, and um, I knew uh, Jimmy Toner as well. I'd spoken to him a couple of times because my friends were at Paco. So I had a, a very good you know image of what Paco was about. I played against them, knew what they were all about as well. So um, I think I made the call as well because I was – pretty much guaranteed to be playing week in week out and you know I started within I guess one or two weeks so that were initially my reasons for, for coming over to Paco and then from then on um, I think like everyone has a great mm. opinion of Pascaval and the people there and even when we got relegated um, I knew you know had spent a bit of time under Chicky the year before and you know I was really impressed with him um, was really impressed with you know the people that were going to stick around all the boys would still be there and then same thing this year, even though we had heaps of changes last year, I was pretty confident with with Alex coming in and, and what people had told me about him and his reputation. And, and again, just there's such great people around mm. the club. There's no real need to look elsewhere when you know you've got somewhere close to home with, you know, great people, a good bunch of boys now as well. So it just, just seems like a logical logical decision to stick around. And, yeah, it's been, it's been great. I haven't really had an issue for, mm. since I've been here, yeah. Was it hard to leave Victory though, like at that time? Because obviously, you know, you're playing for the biggest club in Australia and then you, you've made that choice obviously at that point, which I can imagine would have been quite difficult at the time. Yeah, yeah. No, it was, it was extremely difficult, um, especially because like it, it's not so much um, like the fact you're at Victory. It's more the fact that um, I think you kind of got to make the adult call where mm. there's, you know, there's, there's more to life outside of football. And I think, you know, maybe a lot of the kids that probably get caught up in that youth system, they don't really have that. Um, in the back of their mind, whereas, you know, I you know, got, had a pretty good education, was doing a pretty difficult uni degree at the time. So I think that also played in my mind. And um, the coaches at the time were extremely supportive and, and I guess they were really honest with me. Um, and although it might be a hard decision to make, I think it was probably the right one. And, um, yeah, no, I was lucky there were some good people around me to talk to and had some good advice. Um, but yeah, no, it was definitely, definitely difficult at the time. Yeah, sure. Sure. Well guys, obviously we're starting to come towards the end and we must speak about this weekend coming up. What's next Monday? It's Kingston away. 
Had some interesting experiences against Kingston this year. Obviously, Johnny, you've played against them twice this year. Nick, your first trip against them this year. But heading down to the Grange after the Australia Cup loss, the loss at Preston, technically. But you've had some... It hasn't been all happy hunting ground against Kingston so far. What can you expect against them on Monday? Yeah, well, like even um, even last year, we, we had a, a, a bit of a classic game against them over there where we managed to win 4-3. Um, and last year, they were you know, pushing pretty hard for promotion. So they were, I guess they were one of our rivals last year. Um, so, yeah, we, we know what they're all about. They're definitely a, a, an intimidating team. Um, I think especially the the Preston, the game at Preston, um, we noticed they were really vocal, really firm. Um, and, again, after after we lost and they were 10 men, they, they let us know about it as well. So I think there's a, a bit of bad blood yeah, there. So I think... A bit of spite. Yeah, yeah. I definitely think we've, we've penciled this one in that we, you know, we really want to... Um, Really want to show up for it, and and Monday nights are always a bit of a a bit of a tough one night game over there. Mm. It, it almost always gets a bit heated and physical. So, um, not to mention what's going on in the league and and, and where we want to be. Um, I guess yeah, it's going to be a really interesting game, and we know it's going to be a, a pretty full on one. You ready for it, Nick? Coming up against the very physical bunch in Kingston, yeah. yeah? No, I am. Um, I actually remember uh, the the year. I played for in the senior team for Pasco Val. We versed them, um, and that was a big relegation uh, yeah. game for us. And I think we ended up winning that game. And I remember Adrian Talarico scored, scored an a, absolute yeah, scored a banger. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we were we were going, we were celebrating. It was a very very good night. Um, but yeah, it's always a big battle, <clears throat> big battle over there. They're always a stronger team, more physical team, um, bit of an intimidating team. But um, I think the boys just got to back what we're doing. We've got that one win now. Um, now going into the end of the season, we really were trying to. Um, gain a bit of momentum, mm. especially we've got um, teams higher up in the ladder coming up. So I think it's a really important game to be able to gain that momentum and get another win under our belt. But I think us boys, I think we've all got it I think we've all got it ready. So we're ready for the game. We're ready yeah. to perform. So. Well, having watched them against Werribee a couple of weeks ago, and like I already imagine what you guys are going to be getting yourself into. And that's obviously you, we're not even going to, you know, we can't even say the word bullshit, you guys. But, you know, it is going to be physical out there. It is going to be lippy. Yeah. How do you guys deal with that as players? When you t- come up against a team that is as physical as Kingston, they, they, I think they lead the league in yellow cards or some ridiculous <laughs> stat like that. They're, they're lippy as well. They, they do get in your heads, especially if they score early. They've brought some really good players in in the transfer window as well. What, how do you guys cope with that on the field? Like, you know, when they're starting to get in your heads a little bit and there is that bit of extra spite when you've played against them twice this year? Yeah, well, I think I think we've kind of been caught up in it a couple of times this year, where we've we've kind of let the I guess the moment get the better of us, and um, especially the other week against against Brunswick, I think um, Alex made an important note of about you know trying to focus just on what we can do, and you know whether the referees making bad calls yeah. or they're mouthing off saying things. I think we kind of learned our lesson in that sense, where we made the mistake already of of getting sucked into that. So I guess especially with the next five weeks, I think. We, we definitely know everything's in our hands, so I think the focus is just going to be entirely on us, what we can do, how we're going to play, um, avoid getting you know too distracted mm. by the occasion about what the other team's doing. Um, I think, yeah, there's a lot of belief in the team about you know what we're capable of, so I guess the focus will just be trying to stay focused on ourselves. Yeah. I think you've really got to zone in and sort of think to yourself, why is this team doing this? Um, and I think once... And you, you can also use it to your advantage in the sense of, you're still zoned in. You're not. You're not biting back. And you're not getting into it. But you know, you can use that for a bit of anger mm-hmm. on the pitch, where you know that bit of anger might give you that bit of extra adrenaline or that bit of extra want for the ball or to win. So, um, I think you really just got to zone in and um, think why they're doing this. But 
like I said, you definitely can use it to your advantage as well. Yeah. Of, oh, I really want to beat these, you know. Like, yeah. like, let's get back at yeah. them sort of thing. So. Well, going to Kingston as well, it's a Monday night. Like, does that affect preparation at all? Like, do you guys prefer playing, I mean, Monday nights? I mean, some teams, obviously, Bulleen and Kingston host the games on those Monday nights. They thrive off that. But going there as an away team on a Monday night, do you guys enjoy that a little bit more? I was talking to Alex Pavlidis today, and he was saying, oh, Saturday morning session, you know, got to do that instead, you know. Does that affect preparation at all how do you guys see it oh yeah no i hate hate the monday nights yeah. <laughs> yeah. i don't know why any club would want to play monday nights <laughs> i don't get it um don't understand it at all and yeah i guess like like with what pav said we're going to sit around all weekend and kind of still got the game on our mind so it kind of drags that on then we've got a you know a short turnaround the week yeah. after as well so there's, there's probably already a bit of anger going out there on a monday <laughs> night that might fuel yeah. the game um but yeah i guess it kind of all adds to it um, sure yeah it's definitely Definitely one, you know, you got to pencil in and think, all right, it's a Monday night. I really need to, you know, get myself going here, um, fire myself up. And, yeah, I guess there will be a, probably a bit of importance pushed on sure. that and making sure everyone's switched on and focused because Monday nights, yeah, you might be working. Um, it might be, you know, you might slip mentally. Um, so I think we'll definitely focus on that and try and make sure everyone's motivated and, and ready for the kickoff. Yeah, and then obviously you've got another Monday night coming up in a couple of weeks yeah. as well. Like yeah, it's there's a couple, yeah, which yeah. will be even bigger. Um, so, yeah, I guess it's good prep to get one in and Absolutely. might get used to it. doesn't help that it's an 8.30 start either. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, especially if you guys are coming from one end of town to South Croydon, like it's yeah. it's not easy. So I could, I don't, I, honestly, I, I feel for you guys in that, in yeah. that sense. So, well, guys, thank you so much for coming on. Um, good luck for next Monday. For those at home, you can get, you can watch that game on MPL.TV if you don't want to make the trip down. It's Obviously, it's a long Very trip nice. down to South Croydon, um, you know, especially if you, you are in that Pasco Vale area. It's probably even longer uh, than some. But, yeah, good luck for this Monday, guys. Good luck for the rest of the season as well. And hopefully, um, by the end of it, hopefully you guys are in the top two. You can knock one of those sides out. Um, we'll see how it all plays out over the next six weeks. Yeah, cheers. Right, thanks for having us. No worries. Well, guys, miss any of it at home? Head over to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get them. Uh, this podcast will be up a little bit later on. But we'll be back again next week uh, for another edition of Paco Radio brought to you by Senol. But for now, goodbye.